Join us this week as we discuss speaking up in situations that can be dangerous to ourselves or to others and how important community really is in the world. So it's time to lock the bathroom door, pour a glass of wine, and take a deep breath. Welcome to the 80s Mom Podcast. Good evening. Hello there. How are you guys doing this week? I'm surviving. Yay me. You're surviving? Yay you? Yes. I am surviving. Yay me. Poor Letty's falling asleep on the microphone tonight. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be fun. I'm sorry, ladies. (laughs) We spent a lot of time outside today. So that fresh air getting to me. I was that way on Thursday. I was completely and utterly useless after four and a half hours at the park with Cecily, B, Patrick, <laughs> and Zandria. Also, my back was screaming because I was in so much pain, but it was a really fun trip. It was. It was so much fun. I have Rice Krispie treats on the chair behind me still. <laughs> I made a lot of them. I'm like, can I reach them? No. <laughs> I can't reach them. So, tonight we're going to be talking about speaking up when we see things or things happen to us. Because not only should we be speaking up for people's children and for the, or, and for the moms, but we have to remember to speak up for ourselves. Correct. I guess... Cecily, would you be a doormat? (laughs) Or do you want to be a doormat? Doormats aren't much fun. No, I prefer invisible. You prefer what? Sometimes you have to look at the circumstances. No, you prefer to be invisible. Well, you're going to be invisible. I mean, I haven't figured that out yet, but, you know, someday. Science, quantum stuff. Watch your mic placement because you're getting muffled again. I mean, I can't be invisible now, but someday, science, quantum stuff. (laughs) Your children will come up with a way for you. I'm sure, yes. They are smart as tax. So, do you want to discuss what brought this entire subject up between us this week? Sure. How long of a story do you want? As long as you'll give me. Okay. You know how sometimes you see a kid in public who is just, oh my gosh. And then you see how the parents interact with them, and you know exactly why that kid is that way. Yeah. 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 So, I was on the bus, and this, I'm guessing, mom and grandma and kids got on, and... The one kid was like, I'm guessing, year and a half, maybe. I don't think I heard a peep. That baby was silent. Awake, sitting up, but silent. 
the three or four year old was not silent and really desperately needed to be. And if it were my child, I don't know what I would have done to make them silent, but it might have involved duct tape. <laughs> she was just on and on and on and on. She wanted to get out of her stroller. No, you can't get out of the stroller. She wanted more chocolate. No, you weren't supposed to have chocolate. On and on. And the more I watched mom and grandma try to get this girl to just shut up and ride on the bus, the more it was obvious that the constant whining is normal. They rewarded and her whining, didn't the, they? And, yeah, and the continuing to negotiate. No, you don't negotiate with preschoolers. That that doesn't work. Well, that's not true. At that point, negotiation is not the right thing. We don't negotiate with terrorists. We do not yeah, negotiate it's... with terrorists, but you can negotiate with a preschooler. I negotiate with Xandria all the time, but it depends... You, once it's gotten that far, yeah, you can no longer... Negotiation has to happen before. Beforehand. Yes. So if you know that the kid is already having a bad day and you need to get on the bus to go get grandma's paycheck from Walmart, maybe say in advance, look, here's the deal. And if you cooperate, here is what will happen. And if you don't cooperate, that won't happen. And then... You have power or offer the bribe in advance because in advance, you're the one holding the cards. When you're trapped on the bus with your kid who will not shut up about wanting chocolate, well, you don't need chocolate, but I want it. Okay, telling them you don't need it really doesn't mean anything to them. I mean, I that's you're you're trying to reason nutritional value they don't care no they just want the chocolate and eventually she got the chocolate and it was it was almost like mom had forgotten what the previous rule was and it's like that's how that happens that is exactly how that happens that is how you end up with that kid I am and, not going to claim that that does not occasionally happen. <laughs> that I do not occasionally Yeah, I mean, it that. happens to everyone at some point. Yeah, at some point, you will just give the kid the thing because they need to shut up. But it, uh, I was thinking, you know, there are circumstances where a stranger speaking up might be helpful. You know, like, if it's a discipline problem that the mom is obviously considering a discipline problem, you know, sometimes backup from a random stranger kind of shocks the kid into cooperating, at least for them. You know, and if it's like a toddler who needs to be entertained, you know, sometimes you can help with that. But when it's not even obvious whether or not the kid's in trouble for the incessant whining, there's really nothing you can say. It's like, if the mom doesn't seem to consider this a big, you know, capital P problem, 
well, then you wouldn't really be helping. You would just sort of be jumping in and complicating things further. Well, see, when you told us about this story, I thought you were wanting to correct the mom, which would be my oh, reaction. Right. I, yeah. Would be wanting to stick my foot up the mom's ass because the mom is making it worse. And here is the thing. If your children are yeah, not civilized by four, it's not going to happen. It's going to be a problem. And that's not a civilized child. That's a child yeah. who's incapable of handling the situation of I am in the bus. Now, incessant talking is one thing. Getting rewarded yeah. for bad behavior is something else. You do not ever yes. reward bad behavior. I want chocolate. No, it's time to go to bed. I want chocolate. No, it's time to go to bed. I want chocolate. You are going to bed right now where I'm shutting your door and you do not get taco. I mean, yeah. I get, I get, I can I mean, get really nasty because, um, it's not that I want to be a mean mom because I don't want to be a mean mom, but it's not like she's not going to interact with people in the world who are not malevolent, right? So yeah. seeing it a little bit on occasion from me when I have absolutely had it is not going to hurt my daughter. It's better for her than for her world to be wrapped up in butterflies and rainbows, although I try to do that as much as I can. And we so talk about bubble wrapping it. my kid is not the answer. No. I w I've been reading 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson, which we've been mentioning a lot because I've been reading it for a bit again because I read audiobooks whenever I get a spare minute and it's just, it's going to take me a while because I don't have a lot of spare minutes right now. And he talks about that. Like, a lot of his psychotherapy patients were wrapped in bubble wrap and they got severe PTSD from somebody giving them an evil look once. Oh, no. Because they were so sheltered. Oh, dear. And I'm, I have a child who, in general, can behave. She, we went to the post office today and she, like, hid on the side of the kiosk. She goes, Mommy, me hiding. And I'm like, yes, you're very cute. But she was not bothering anybody else. I mean, she wasn't even bothering me. I mean, yes, you're hiding. It's cute. You're right next to me. You're behaving. Your voice yeah. is down. I think at one point I had to tell her not to touch something. And that, it, But that was it. It's, it's like Little Man when we go to the store. The only fight that we sometimes have is if it's very busy, he has to sit in the cart. And he does not like to sit in the cart. Mm. Zandria loves yeah. to sit under the cart. If he if he is self aware enough, you can put him on the you can have him sit on the bottom rack of the cart. Yeah, we're not to that point yet. You're not <laughs> to that point yet, yeah. Well, mm. I was just saying, because that's definitely a way we, to do it. <laughs> if he can watch his fingers. Last time we went to Costco, he got to sit inside the cart, like in the big cart part instead of up in the that was huge. So last week, him and I went out, we went to the post office, and he was very good while he was in there. He was looking at everything, telling me the colors of all the stamps. Aww. We left, he went, bye-bye. Bye-bye, post office. Aww. The lady at the counter just, like, melted. Then we went to Aldi's, and he wanted to get in the cart. And I said, okay, you can sit inside the cart. 
And we went to the vitamin store that has carts, but they are not big enough for anybody to sit in. Yeah. And there was the start of down. He said, we're going to, we can use a basket or we can push the cart, but you cannot sit in the cart. He wanted to drag the basket along. And I said, we do not drag the basket. He started getting frustrated. So I brought him back to the front of the store, put the basket away and said, we're not going to use either one of them. We're going to hold mama's hand. We're going to get our things very quickly. And then we're going to go. He looked at me. He says, McDonald's chicken nuggies. <laughs> yes. I said, we're going to go to McDonald's for chicken nuggets, but you have to be good while we're inside the store if we're going to get them. Yeah. And he said, okay, me be good. And then he was good the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. But we had established earlier on, we're going to go to the post office. We're going to go to Aldi's. We're doing the vitamin store. And then we're going to go get lunch if you're a good boy. Yeah. And see that. Every store that we left. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Zandria loves race car carts. Favorite oh, thing ever. I haven't seen any of those for him. And part of me is like, I don't want him to know that those exist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely, as long as the store has them. If they don't, I just say, I'm sorry, Zandria, this store does not have those. I said, but we can ride in the cart. And she'll ride underneath the bottom, which she really likes to do. Which is, I mean, when I was her age, I really liked to do it too. And as long as you're capable of watching where your fingers are, you're fine. My grandparents used to take, uh, they used to drink a lot of soda. And when I was around Zandria's age and maybe a little younger, they would take the 12 packs and they would make them into a throne for me inside of the shopping cart. Oh. Like, I remember this because it was like the coolest freaking thing ever. That is such a cool grandparent thing to do. Ray's got a throne. <laughs> Yay. So, yeah. In that, I don't... I don't know if addressing somebody's child is appropriate. Unless, say, the child yeah. is running out in the street and then knocking them backwards onto the sidewalk, I think would be appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. how would you feel like if someone came up like, you know, your kid's an asshole. <laughs> I think in this yeah, case, maybe it was fun. called for. But even then, it's still more directed at the parent than the kid. Because it's not like the kid's going to give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. By, by you know, helpful stranger, I mean the, you know, your mommy is trying very hard to get everything done today. I hope you're going to be good for her kind of thing. Yeah. That I wouldn't mind. But yeah, it, 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 telling a parent that they are making it worse just didn't seem like a thing you could really do. So. Well, you could. It depends on how much of an asshole you are. <laughs> Good point there. Yeah. Yeah. I Technically, mean... many, many things are possible. We just don't necessarily do them. <laughs> so... But it would be possible. Yes. So, in the terms of speaking up, even though it's not technically speaking up, I have been known in the grocery store to intercept running toddlers and taking them back to their parents. I would imagine that's always helpful. I also imagine it may seem slightly creepy. (laughs) Strange person coming to me with my child. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Because usually I don't have Xandria with me, so it's not obvious I'm a mom. 
I mean, I think I look like a mom, but maybe I don't look like mom. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm a mom. And I figured intercepting them would make it a little easier for you to catch them. <laughs> yeah. Little man is usually very good, but like if we're at Costco, he's just like, this is the coolest store ever. It's huge. He'll run ahead, <laughs> but it's always please stop at the end of the aisle. And as he gets to the end of the aisle, if you can tell he's not slowing down, the, <laughs> the voice, the vocal tone changes a little bit. It's like, you need to stop right now. You cannot run into the aisle. He'll usually stop and turn around and wait. Be like, Nani's right behind you. Please wait for Nani and hold her hand while we walk. Xandria yeah. was regular, was, um, relegated to a leash for a year after I turned around in Baby's R.S. and she was gone. Oh my. I don't mean oh. in the next aisle. I mean she was all the way on the other side of the store in three seconds. Wow. And I dissociate. Well, yeah, she's fast and I have PTSD and part of my PTSD is dissociation. So I dissociated for three seconds and I could not find my child and that is the scariest thing I have ever had happen in my entire freaking life. Oh my gosh. So she was on a leash. I swore I was never going to be the mom who put their kid on a leash. But it took that happening once she went on a leash. I mean, I think technically it happened a few times, but she started going on a leash after that one, which was the first one. It's just that, you know, didn't always have the leash. And she had a backpack that she could carry things in. So it made me feel a little better. And she's good about it. She's fairly good about it now. Our biggest issue is still parking lots. The only time my one of the only times my child has ever been smacked was for running in a parking lot. Away from me. And laughing while she did it. Because of all the thing on God's green earth that is not funny, it is running away from me towards a busy street in a parking lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those spaces where it started early on with Little Man when he was probably about a year and a half. And I'm like, okay, he's big enough to walk into the store. I'm not going to carry him in everywhere. And it was always, I'd get him out, put him down, hold on to Mama's leg while I shut the door. Do not go anywhere unless you're holding Mama's hand in the parking lot. And sometimes we have to have that reminder that he needs to hold hands, but not run away from me fully. Yeah, it's happened a that couple would of times. Be a heart attack. That that one was really really scary because she was because um I've read Pet Cemetery and I believe I had just reread it at that point and that terror that's Ooh. one of the few things that terrifies me and I have told her I said I have said and I said this in the presence of my sister once and I'll tell you about this but I tell her I say Zandri you are a small person. Cars cannot see small people. You need to be next to mommy because they can see mommy. That's what yeah. I similar to what I tell little man. Except if you're little, cars can and they cannot see you. You need to be with someone who's who's big. Yeah. So and my my sister, I said this to her when I was with my sister one time. My sister said yes because small children hide, and I said no. Oh no. oh no! I turned on her and I was like, "No, we do not tell the two-year-old that. We are not uh, giving nope. her ideas. No, that is horrible. Oh, Don't give her ideas. It's not because 
small children hide, it's because they're small. <laughs> they're shorter than the bumper. Yeah. So I went off on my sister. I love her dearly, but sometimes her common sense is lacking. <laughs> oh. I don't know what she was thinking, but my, my gut reaction is she wasn't. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, no. You do not tell children things that will give them ideas. That's bad. Oh. No. Because <laughs> then they're going to start hiding under cars, and that's dangerous. Yeah. As if the parking lot wasn't bad enough. So, things yes. that I really should speak up to people more about, and I used to, and I've stopped. So I'm going to speak up to our audience about it. Car seats do not click into shopping carts. Oh, God. I, I have those stupid blue things that they never No, they the don't, Cecily. They don't. They seem like okay. they do, but you Once break the car seat. On, I couldn't get it off. Yes, that's because you're not supposed to do that. You break the car seat when you do that. Even if you're like, I do it all the time. You have voided your warranty. If you were in a car accident and your child is injured and they find out that you had been doing that, you get nothing. You get nothing. It is not worth it. Children get severely injured and die from carts falling over because you've just made it top heavy. They're not made to do that. Well, yeah, that that makes perfect sense. So I'm saying they don't click in. They do not. They are not made to do that. Please, God, if you're doing that, stop it! I was that mom who, even when he was itty-bitty, if I'd go to the store, I had my carrier, and i just toss him in the ring, ring sling and carry him in. Like, I didn't even bring him in and out of the house in the car seat. It stayed no. locked in the car. Yeah. Ours like, was the same. No, I never... The only awkward. time she was carried in and out of the car in a car seat was before I got a driver's license. And me and my friend Elise with her kids would go somewhere. Because you can't leave the car seat in Elise's car. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. So, I always carried her in a baby carrier. Baby carriers are easy to carry than car seats anyway. God, they're so amazing. I can't carry a car seat. The ring sling I just throw over my shoulder... And then the ergo, I just snap on my waist. Take yeah. it to the store, pop them in, there we go. Yep, I always wore, when she wasn't in my Tula, I always had my Tula around my waist. It was just part of my wardrobe. Yeah. I just, it was just something I wore every day. When I got up and I got dressed, I put on the Tula. Never know when you're going to need it. Well, I carried her, first I carried her on my front, and as soon as I could, I moved her to my back, because it's easier for me to carry her on my back. Because I have big boobs, and that's already a lot of weight in the front, so at least it kind of equalizes it out. Um, and I carried her like that for, like, two years, over two years. I just carried her. It made life easier, because before we moved here, and it pretty much stopped when we moved here, but before we moved here, our house was not safe for her to go around in because of the lead. So oh, wow. It... Other than oh, she could right. be in the living room, and that was it. So if I had to be in another room and she wanted to be with me, she had to be in the carrier because she could not be anywhere but the carrier. But baby carriers are well worth the investment, and you can get them used on Facebook all the freaking time. Maybe not. Okay, Tulas yeah. are not They're cheaper to get used, videos. but 
there are other ones. Tulas hold their value, which is part of the reason why we invested in a Tula. There are lots of videos on YouTube about how to take random cloth and make it into a baby carrier. That's what I always did with B. Yeah, you just have and to be a little careful with that because that can cause problems if you use something too stretchy. And then yeah. there are groups where you can actually go and learn about all the different carriers. They will help you if you have one, if you get the correct fit and position of your child in it. Because we were talking before we started recording, the worst carrier you can use is a baby Bjorn because you do not want your baby to be carried by the crotch. No. The should not be on the crotch. You, the legs need to be, in, like the hips need to be in a certain way to prevent hip dysplasia. And those baby Bjorns, no bueno. They're horrendous. Well, aren't they supposed to be used with the baby facing you anyway? No, I think a baby Bjorn is technically made for the baby facing out. There's not really a carrier. Oh. There's not a proper carrier that is made for the baby to be facing out. That's ergonomically proper for yeah. the child. There's no way to do that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I thought you know you were supposed to just have them facing you. Mm -mm. The hip placement so I, is wrong. I you you would have to do that. I know there's a way to fix the hip placement on a baby Bjorn with a scarf, but I don't know the logistics of it. You can probably find it online. Yeah. But you're better off not buying one at all. And they also say not to frog leg your newborns anymore, which is what we did with Zandria in the Moby wrap for, I don't know, a month and a half. When she was really, yeah. really tiny before she stretched out. But you're not supposed to do that anymore either. That came out afterwards, though. Yeah. We didn't. At the time, that's not what you were told to do, so. I'm so glad I don't have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... that's the only thing, is, you know, going, okay, so what have we decided we're doing now? <laughs> well, and it's like, I used to speak up, but nobody cares. It's like, you're not supposed to do that. Oh, my car, my car seat clicks into the shopping cart. It's fine. And I'm like. I'm sorry, but I feel like I have to say something because if I watch your car seat topple and your child die, I'm going to feel like I'm responsible for that. Because I know I and know. didn't say anything. I don't know that 14 years ago it was terribly well known that they weren't supposed to. So they were, or at least the one I had was like exactly shaped like a shopping cart seat. They they are now too. I didn't, People just assume. Which is probably what you did, and that, and it happens. Yeah. And when you don't know, well, it's it's a stupid. I never design. did it again because of the fact that I couldn't get it off. I thought I was going to have to go inside and find an employee to help me get the car seat off because I was strong enough to pick him up, but I I didn't have the upper body strength to lift it back up while squeezing the thing to make it let go. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't I didn't do that again. It wasn't worth the hassle. Yeah. You you should not you should not do that. I mean you didn't know and people don't know and that's why we want to speak up, right? Because we've done research, or at least I've done research, and I know that that is incredibly dangerous. But so many people have been like, Oh screw you that I'm just like You know, 
Oh, when something happens to your kid, don't say you didn't know. I was at the DMV taking a driving test, and somebody had a two-month-old in there in the loosest car seat configuration you could put a two-month-old in. I'm like, your car seat is buckled far too loosely for your child. I said, if you get in a car accident, she is going to eject from the car seat. And when I fixed it and I tightened it properly, of course, the baby cried and then the mom was mad at me. But it's like, dude, you, I can stick a fist under your straps. That's not tight enough. Wow. You should not be able to stick two fingers under a, under child straps. If you can, it's not tight enough. The chest bar needs to be level with their nipples or it's not high enough. The straps need to be below their shoulders when they're rear-facing. And proper fitting of your car seats is important. You're talking about, it's not just like you're an idiot and got in a car accident. Somebody could freaking T-bone you, and the last thing you want is to deal with a child who has been ejected from the car seat. There have been fatal car accidents where the only person who survived was the baby who was properly in their car seat. So it's important. And it skeeves me off when people just don't care. Or when they're like, oh, they meet the minimum requirements. We're going to forward face them. Your child is always safer when they're facing rear. They're, everybody in a car is safer if they're facing backwards. Because when you get in an accident... You fly forwards, and if you're flying in, if your yeah. back is touching something and you're going that direction, it's always going to be safer. Having said that, my daughter yeah. is forward facing, but due to my physical restrictions, I can no longer get her in a rear facing car seat. And she can't get herself into one, so she is now forward facing, but that's been like the last six months. That's not even like it's been that long, and my in laws always gave me hell. Like, oh, we're just going to go on a little drive. Can't we have her forward facing? And I'm like, no. We're going to go see the holiday lights. Can she be forward facing? No. She is to be rear facing in the car. I don't care why. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. <laughs> It's, it's one of the, it's important to me. The yeah. car seats in general and the shopping cart thing, like few things in the world piss me off as badly. I mean, it just, it is what it is. Oh my gosh. It's like I'm Letty and you got my Irish up. Okay. You're good. No, I, th I think my biggest pet peeve with the car seats is, it does come to the, to the straps and I told my, I went over with my parents over and over and over. This is how you get him in. This is the correct way to buckle him up. Please be sure it's done correctly. And half the time, like, like if I wasn't there, I didn't know if it was being done correctly and it scared the crap out of me. But I also know that my parents are like super duper cautious drivers. <laughs> so I wasn't super upset. But I think my biggest issue with kids in car seats is 
at the lake house, we have 15 miles of trails and everybody's always out on the golf carts and the UTVs and ATVs going around. And little man's first summer, we didn't go, go out on the trails, but he turned one. I was like, okay, we're going to go on the trails, but I'm going to buckle a car seat into the UTV. Yeah. So I took my car seat, I buckled it in and I credit, I couldn't do the anchors, but he was in the, in the, the side by side. He was right next to me. He seemed forwards because I just didn't have the space to do it backwards. And then the, the big, big six seater, he was in the back seat in the middle and the seatbelt going through the back part. And then I actually took the rear anchor and I wrapped it around the um, the bars on the back. And I connected it to one of the hooks on the car seat and tightened it. That seat didn't go anywhere. And he knew he could, cl- he could climb into either UTV that we were going to be going in. Mm-hmm. And he had to get into his seat. He would be buckled up properly. And I saw the number of people I would see riding around holding their infants in their laps and stuff. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, people do 30 miles an hour on these trails. Some of these hills are super duper steep. I would not want to be sitting there holding my infant or squirmy toddler while I'm going around. Uh-uh. I I mean, I had security stop me one day and they're like, hey, I just wanted to let you know, like, we love the fact that when we see you on the trails, you're kid is in a car seat and it is buckled appropriately it's not like the car seat no he was completely buckled up from top to bottom yeah like no worries about anything and i just looked at him i said thank you i said i wish that it were a requirement on these trails that people have their children in a car seat so i know it's not you can't really do it on a golf cart but on these utvs there's no excuse not to yeah. That's I so never, cool. Never that never occurred to me, but like I've never been on an ATV either. Xandria occasionally rides on the back of the tractor at Upcountry, which is, it's it's a flatbed that attaches to the tractor, not like she's riding on the back of the tractor. But that started, I don't know, two years ago. And I'm more okay with it now than I was originally. Originally, I was like, not happy. Mommy not happy. It's one, But it's one of my things. It's a trigger for me. I'm like, no. Safety of my child first. I don't care about your enjoyment. Damn it. Everybody always complains they can't buckle Xandria's seatbelts. And I'm like, <laughs> too bad. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult to do, but... Well, it's because I don't loosen them when I let her out. Oh, uh, see, I, I never, I never did. It was too much of a pain to retighten. Exactly, I don't loosen them. Oh, They're yeah, no, looser I, I now than they used it. to be, but I need to look at the Graco Extend to Fit because I, she needs to be moved to a booster. She does have the ability to sit upright, um, and she needs to be moved to a booster. But I haven't done it yet. I need to check what the maximums are on that Graco. Is it the four in one? Mm. Mm. Because the high back booster starts at 40 pounds. It's, it's three years old or 40 pounds. He's put it to dating six, and then he can do the high back booster with the cart, the shoulder strap across them. Maybe. Because I've is. been looking into that. 
I can't remember. I'm going to have to look. I've had this car seat for far too long to remember. <laughs> if I can use it as one, I'm, um, I'm going to. But I really like the Graco, the actual Graco boosters are super lightweight. And that's really nice. This thing is hefty. It's not as hefty as the Diono. The Diono is a beast. It's also a pain in the ass to move. But it is a beast. So, other places where, like, at least I want to speak out is people accosting moms when they're breastfeeding. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Or... I mean, I know we covered this a little bit during our breastfeeding topic, but... Yeah. Oh, my God. I have also been known... Oops, sorry, go ahead. If if you're not going to go eat your dinner... Bathrooms in the toilet. Go tell me or another nursing mother to go nurse your child in the bathroom. Woman, if you were feeling harassed or whatever, put that boob out and feed that kid. That's what matters. Yeah. Oh. The other thing is, if I see a breastfeeding mom, I tell her she's doing a good job. Yes. Like, high five, sister. I do it less often than I really want to, but I realize the skeeve factor of somebody walking up and commenting on it. And I'm just an anxious person, and the last thing I want to do is upset somebody. Yeah. But it's just like, dude, I do not agree with people who have issues with people breastfeeding. I'm not saying I've seen a lot of it, but it's it's an area where I would I would speak up. I've also been known to tell a mom she is doing a good job when she just has, you know, the inconsolable child, not the I'm I'm yes. wanting to be bribed child. It's different. But yeah. like I've also helped moms to their car when they had like five kids and two grocery carts. Oh no! Yes. <laughs> Whether I have Zandria with me or not, usually I don't. But sometimes I do because I'm like, "Do you do you need help? Can I help? Your hands are full. Can I, I think, help you?" I think a lot of this yes. is that we as a society have lost a sense of community in what it means to help each other. Like everybody is out to be the lone wolf and take care of themselves. Um, I'm very community-driven. And, and I think that's a problem, because we, we we should be supporting each other, especially as moms. I mean, if you I know, see like, somebody oh. like in a scooter at Walmart looking at something on the top shelf, I'll be like, excuse me, ma'am, can I, can I help you? Can I get that for you? Would that, would that help? I guess I'm just weird. You are nice. I sent Patrick to go help a little old lady in Dollar Tree. (laughs) He was very, very shy about it. And I think rather happy when she said no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes they do. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes they do, and that's okay. I mean, it's like, but... I I prefer helping people. It's like a thing for me. 
I don't like get off on it. It's just like I don't like seeing people who need help not getting help. I also have to be really careful yes. that I don't spread myself too thin because I am that friend who is really easy to use. <laughs> because I want everybody to do better and I want to do all I can. But that I've gotten really, really good at standing and up for myself. To be able to help. Yeah. If I can, I have learned my limitations and sometimes I cannot, in fact, help. That's a good thing to learn. Yeah. I've had to, we've talked about this before on our boundaries thing. I've had to cut people out of my life because I could not help them. And what they were going to rely on in our relationship was me helping them. I mean, me and you were talking about this at the park, too, about a mutual friend of ours who I've yeah. pretty much limited my um, interaction. I've, I've very much inter limited our interaction because she's what I call one of those 50 million reasons why people. These are the people who will be like, I don't have enough money for rent. And you'll be like, well, I'm a DoorDash driver, or I'm an Uber driver, or I'm a Lyft driver, or I do Postmates. And here is my referral code. You can be set up in a week and you'll be able to make your rent easily. I mean, it's an easy job. You pick up food, you drop it off at people's houses. And, you know, if you do so many in a certain amount of time, you get a side on bonus. And these are the people who are like, oh, that will never work. That won't work here. I'll make like $5 a week and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you live in St. Louis and it's way different than it is here in like Inverness, Florida or something like that. And it's like, no, it's not really though. And okay. And then if there's places that you can go by like that will do that in Inverness, Florida. I know that area. <laughs> it, I was trying to think of a small town and it was the first one that came to mind because I went to <laughs> school there. I went to middle school there. <laughs> it's really oh, yeah. weird that somebody else knows that town though. Yeah, I, I um, my, would have no idea where BFF's dad lives up there. Oh, okay. It it was what I considered super. Yeah, it's rural. You you. Uh, I lived in Floral City, Florida, which you go through on your way to Tampa. But literally, you blink and you've mm. missed it. Yep. Um, oh, it's right outside of Inverness. But yeah, so I just I picked a small town off the top of my head. <laughs> That seemed just random to me. And you're like, oh, I know that one. They're like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Not many people do. They're like, where's Inverness? I'm like, it's two hours west of Orlando and an hour and a half northeast of Tampa. Yep. <laughs> You've never heard of it. That's okay. Last night during Bardic. What what was it? Oh, somebody had Declan, my my friend in Australia, Declan, he had a background. It was a white TARDIS, so I'm guessing it was from the sixties. The it was the inside of the TARDIS was white Ooh. and I'd never seen it before. And Ooh. we were talking about it and I said, Well, I was trying to decide. I've I at this point I have realized that is a TARDIS. It just took me a minute because it's different TARDIS than I'm used to. I said, I couldn't decide if it was like something out of Star Trek or something out of this movie that nobody here will have ever heard of because it's super obscure called Shock Treatment. And Blue looked at me 
And he gave me a double thumbs up and he goes, I know that movie. And I'm like, dear Lord Blue, what movies do I know that you don't know? Because that is an obscure movie from hell. Shock treatment as in the sequel to Rocky Horror? It's not a sequel, but yes. Well, I basically was considered one. It's it's not a sequel, but yes. It's not supposed yeah. to be a sequel, yeah, I'm sure. That's that, it. Yes, uh-huh. It, it looked like something out of Shock Treatment. Because I, 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 I love that movie. And nobody, it's super, super obscure. Because most people haven't seen it. But it was hilarious. So she knows Indunus and I know Shock Treatment. Mm-hmm. It was just random. But anyway, so... Those kinds of people I've just had to cut out because I can't tolerate, you know. And I've had to learn to speak up for myself, which is, coincidentally enough, my last point for the evening is, you know, not only should you speak up for others, you should speak up for yourself in your interest. Because nobody on this planet cares about you more than you do. can be very difficult to do it can i am not 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 saying it is easy it is definitely not easy but we need to learn to do that because often especially as stay-at-home moms who are kind of seen as second-class citizens to begin with because why in the hell don't we have jobs because raising a child is not enough 24 7 365 no vacations or sick days or time off vacations are not vacations when you're a stay-at-home mom it's just working from a different environment it's just relocation it's not a vacation you're muffled cecily please move your mic with completely different pressures yeah Especially if you're on a family vacation with, like, your in-laws. Ooh. Ew. Which we're supposed to do this October, but I may end up canceling it. I just, I don't, I don't know that I want to deal with it. I don't know. I'm trying to decide. Much stress. Very exhausting. Yes. And October's, like, the worst possible month to go on vacations. Last time we did it, they did it the first week of November, which is the absolute worst time for me to go on vacation. Now they're like, let's do it at the beginning of October, which is my birthday, which is exactly when I don't want to be going on vacation. Yeah. Well, rephrase. It's exactly when I don't want to be going on vacation there. <laughs> which so far has been my only input is I don't want to spend my birthday there. That sucks. Well, I mean, I I get it. It it is what it is. It doesn't matter. Me complaining about it doesn't make it any different than it is. Did you guys have anything you wanted to add before we go to closing thoughts? Anything I missed? Not that I could think of. Nope. All right, Cecily, give me your closing thoughts on should I speak up? (sighs) Well... That it's a lot easier to speak up when it's something that affects, like, physical safety versus 
trying to explain to a complete stranger that the way they're dealing with their child is going to make it worse. I think that is definitely fair. There's no easy way to do that. It's really, really hard without looking like an asshole. And I guess it depends on your mood that day, how asshole you actually are. Yes. What do you have for us, Letty? I think that the, the hardest one is really speaking up for yourself. Um, because there's a lot of other, because sometimes you kind of have to look at the situation and decide, is this the hill that I want to die on? Is this where I should really be speaking up for myself? Um, and it also kind of goes back to the, the boundaries conversation we had a couple weeks ago. So, yeah. I, the only thing I'm adding for my closing thoughts tonight is what you said about community is important. Like, the way that everything has become global has pretty much killed local community. And local community is the thing that's going to affect your day-to-day life. So I think being a more active part, and I'm not talking about being political or necessarily helping at the food bank. Dude, help the mom whose hands whose hands are full get a cart to their car. That's going to mean a lot more to somebody than boxing up stuff at the food pantry is going to. Because you're actually interacting with a person. And I see that stuff as being far more important. The one-on-one interaction versus the, I am doing this huge thing for a nonprofit with like 50 million people. Well, 50 million is just kind of my generic term for a lot. People, (laughs) like, who benefit from it. Which is great. But none of those people know who you are. It's just, I get this thing. So I think the one-on-one, especially in your local community, is super important. For example, I am bringing my Baroness some unsweetened cranberry juice tomorrow from another member of our barony because she doesn't have time to go get it and she tends to forget. And I'm like, oh, I'll go grab it for you and drop it at your doorstep. She's like, And she goes, you don't have to do that. I don't want you to go out of your way. I'm like, I got to run errands tomorrow anyway. It's not like it's a big deal. I can go do that for you. I like getting out of the house, and this is a week where I did a lot of housework last week, so I have a bit more flexibility in being able to go places this week. It's like, I just go and I'll take care of it. And that's the one-on-one interaction I'm talking about. Being able to help your friends in your community one-on-one is far more important than trying to do it with tens or hundreds of people at a time. I think. Yes. This comes from somebody who does both. I get a lot more satisfaction out of one-on-one. And with that, we are the 80s Mom Podcast. You can find us online on MeWe, where we have been posting tons of pictures, especially today. That is (laughs) 80s Mom Podcast. You can also find our backlog and Spicy Mom WTF on Odyssey. We are on Parlor. Although it's not continuous at the moment as Parlor is still having some bug issues with their new setup. You may also view us on our website, 80smompodcast.com, and email us your thoughts or opinions at show at 80smompodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe to us, send us a rating, and email us if you like what you hear or you have any topic suggestions because... We run close to the wire on these suggestions. We're running out, and we would love more. (laughs) And with that, remember, you've got this, and have a great week.